Just Fantasy Baseball. We're back. Colby Olson, your host. Clay Snowden, your co-host. How's it going, man? It's going awesome, actually. It's I didn't nice ask you how you were doing last time. You got a little sassy, so I started that. Yeah, okay. I think it's nice to open a podcast with a little dialogue, not jump immediately in, you know, check on each other. We are friends, Colby, and co-workers, but friends. No, we definitely are. and We are brothers in arms, especially after we both hit on our streamers from Sunday. Let's go with that. I think that's what we should talk about first. I think that's that's only right that we, you know, not not just take a victory lap. Um, we're gonna start something new here on just fantasy baseball where we're actually gonna be tracking our streamers that we're going that we're giving out um from now on. Cause we basically the cadence now, Clay, is that we give out a streamer usually on the Sunday waiver episode, and then we usually give one out on today's episode as well for the weekend. So I think it's only right that we start tracking those and, and kind of keeping track, like, are we doing well on these picks? Like can the audience trust us? And this week, they definitely can. Um, I'll, I'll lead off. I mean, I, I had Patrick Corbin going on Monday against the Mets, and I was spot on on, on that analysis um, that the Mets really haven't hit Corbin ever in their career, and they don't hit lefties well. And um, Corbin went six innings, two earned runs, one strikeout, eight hits against, and one walk. So it wasn't a good whip, right? A 1.5 whip is not what you really want, but you'll take a quality start and a win all day long from Patrick Corbin. If you streamed him, um, it was hectic and terrifying because Mark or not Mark Vantos, uh, Francisco Alvarez got picked off um, with the bases loaded and just terrifying stuff. But Hey, the result, the end was good. And then, I got to give you mad props, man, because you called out Michael Lorenzen against the Pirates um, and he went six innings, one earned run, seven strikeouts, two hits and not even a walk to his name. That's a quality start and a dub with really, really good split. So was Patrick Corbin serviceable? Yes. But Michael Lorenzen put up a legit ace outing if you streamed him. So good stuff, man. As you can see, I'm wearing my... um my tigers pull over for the YouTube crowd and actually Colby, I want to make a little bit of a correction. He gave up zero runs, seven K's two walks. You may have been looking at last. The game before was a very similar line, seven innings, five hits, same amount of hits, one run, but yeah, he looked good, man. Now, you know, we mostly picked that because of the pirates and Lorenzen's past couple outings have looked good. His next outing Monday against the Royals, if you want to see if he continue, can can continue to ride this hot streak. I haven't looked into it enough to decide yet, but Michael Lorenzen pitching pretty well. Do you want to just start with our streamers right off the bat? Sure, while on the let's topic? go. Okay, because I do want to talk about those Pirates again, because Brandon Fott will be facing off against those Pirates um, in his next start. And Brandon Fott had a kind of disastrous start to this season since being called up, giving up a ton of home runs. I believe his ERA, I'm pulling it up right now. I think his ERA is over nine. Um, His ERA is 8.59 right now with an 8.07 expected ERA in three starts. I mean, not ideal after giving up seven earned and six earned in his first two starts. And then he pitched really well against the Giants. Went five innings, one earned run. His only hit was a home run, three walks, five strikeouts. That's a pretty good start. Um... And now he gets the Pirates, Clay, who 
have an OPS over their last 14 days of 556. That is 100 points below the next closest, which is the Guardians. So they yeah, are a Brandon minor Fox, league offense right now. Brandon Fox looked okay. Um, I know he's a highly rated prospect. He did not have very good stuff plus numbers in the minors. Now that might have to do with kind of the location he was pitching um, in higher altitude and whatnot that tends to affect stuff plus numbers. But, you know, after two rough starts, he had a good outing last time, still walked three, five, five strikeouts is, you know, getting the job done. So um, he's one that I can't decide on, but I like, like I, if I'm going to pick one, that not only streams, but potentially could keep. Um, I If you're in a deeper league, like I think that that one could stick. That's my pick. Fought's my pick for this week, ju- for this weekend. Um, just because this the slate for streamers this weekend is pretty rough. Like I was very close to giving out James Paxton, but looked a little deeper into that. Like he was good in his first start back, five innings, nine strikeouts, um, just one walk to his name, two earned runs. But he faces the Padres on the road and the Padres have been hitting lefties. They've they've been struggling on offense, but they've been hitting lefties really well this year. Now with Tati's back, that just it just kind of scared me off. Like, I want to see how he does in another start. Um, But if he does do well in this start, the second start, I would I would consider taking a deeper look at him. I'm kind of out on him for now. I want to see a few starts before I consider him. Gave up some loud contact. The nine strikeouts is nice. Yeah, I just can't trust the guy. Yeah, fair enough. to, To this point, he's just been injured and. I don't want to lose a roster spot, especially with a player that we're going to get into shortly. But before we do, I want to talk about a different lefty that I like streaming this week, and that's Patrick Sandoval. Patrick Sandoval is not going to strike a lot of guys out. He's not the sexiest pitcher to watch all the time. You know, it's not like people really talk about Pat Patrick Sandoval that much, but he is effective and he produces some soft contact and he has a great changeup. But I like that he's a lefty going up against the Twins. The Twins against left-handed p- pitching have not been good this year. And they're rolling out a lineup against lefties with Willie Castro, Ryan Jeffers, Michael A. Taylor, uh, Donovan Solano, Kyle Farmer, like a bunch of guys. And I'm pretty sure Polanco just got injured. I don't really know his status yet. I think that was yesterday's game. Um, I just, And Carlos Correa is not hitting well. Like, I am not scared of the Twins against a left-handed um pitcher yet I, I just don't see it clicking for them gallo we know won't play against lefties i mean you had donovan solano leading off against uh clayton kershaw the last lefty that they face i like solano but i'm not like afraid of him in a matchup yeah agreed agreed um I, i'm right with you there the twins have really struggled against lefties 84 wrc plus in the season like when you don't have gallo and larnick and kirilov and all these really good hitters in the lineup or even if they are in the line they're going to struggle against lefties so it's a very tough tough matchup and, and sandoval is a guy that can get a quality start uh, with that amazing changeup. um he went seven and in two thirds in his last time out against cleveland six and a third before that so he's been going deeper into games which is promising clay i did want to touch just briefly on on Brandon Fott um, before we move on. And what is interesting uh, about Fott is that in his first start, he had the 62% fastballs. In his second start, Clay, he went down to 54% fastballs. And then in his last start, 47% fastballs, which is what he needed to do because the fastball has been getting roughed up. That's the problem. He's leaving it over the middle of the plate. The stuff plus on the fastball is not elite. Um, 
and he's been throwing the the sweeper and the changeup more, um, as well as mixing in a curveball. So that's promising. If he's like, if he's sitting like around forty to forty five percent fastball use, I think that's going to really help him improve down down this stretch. So against this Pirates offense, I'll I'll, I'll roll with Fott making some adjustments there. The next topic um, that I want to get into is really exciting for me, Cole, because it has to do with my own team, but I think it has to do with a lot of people's teams. And that's what's going on with the Mets right now. And Mark Fientos just got recalled. Brett Beatty's an option. Neither one of them are owned in a ton of leagues yet. I, I think, you know, Vientos is kind of trending in that way with Beatty, especially in the ESPN leagues, not being owned that much. But what I want to dive into here is, so I picked them both up. I have both of them on my team. And the issue with both of them right now is, okay, they're kind of getting platooned. Well, just get both of them then. Like, I think that if you have both of these players on your team, you can run your own platoon when they are platooning. And right now it's a little tough on ESPN. Mark Vientos is only listed as a DH and nothing else. His first game of the year, he has one game this year, which he had a home run. And he played third base. And I think he's going to see plenty of third base uh, spot starts at first base as well and DH. And Brett Beatty, I, I just got off the phone with Mets fanatic Ryan Finkelstein, the man, managing editor of Just Baseball. And he's telling me Beatty's going to see some time in left field. And if Beatty does and you can get that third base slash left field eligibility, I love that. And I want you to talk about Brett Beatty because I know that you're high on him. I'm I'm high on both of these guys. Um, I'm extremely high on Brett Beatty, but I, him going to left field is not only important for positional eligibility, Clay, but it's really important just to keep him in the lineup every day. Um, that's the goal here. I'll touch on Brett Beatty first and then and then Vientos, but Beatty is a huge buy for me right now. And the same reasons that I love Tristan Casas so much are the same reasons that I love Beatty so much, right? And maybe even more so because of that that positional eligibility at second and third for him, or is it just third? Um, right now it's just third. Okay. So we always have to give prospects, you know, at least 10 games under their belt when they first come up to kind of get adjusted to the big leagues. Cause I, I usually just throw that first 10 game sample out when I'm like analyzing these guys, I think that's only fair. Um, so in his last 62 play appearances that, that throws out those like first eight to 10 games, he has a 14% strikeout rate, an 11% walk rate. He has all three of his home runs, a hard hit rate of 55%. And the most important thing here, Clay, he has a chase rate of just 20.8% over that span. That would put him seventh lowest in baseball over that span. Um, the other thing with Beatty, he mashes breaking balls um, and expected well near 400 on breaking balls. And right now there's a huge gap between his expected metrics and his actual metrics. He has a ex-Woba over 370, but just a Woba of 313 right now. Um, and then the max exit velocity is 113.7 this year. That would put him in the 93rd percentile. So big power, but he's not striking out and he's walking. I mean, what is not to like about him? He can't hit that's lefties. Exactly. That is That might be the only thing. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel as well, is he was or is not getting enough playing time right now. I think that's about to change. The Mets have kind of been struggling. They've kind of been holding on to a few vet, vets on the roster that, maybe shouldn't be there like a Tommy fan. Um, and it's not impossible to think that he could be off the roster soon. Daniel Vogelbach may be getting a little bit less playing time with the recent recall as well. So 
I think that they're going to start to lean into these two younger players even more than they already have um, in Beatty's case. And I love it. Like, I love that move. And I think that both of them have potential in any size league 10 plus. Vientos is also very exciting, Clay, because he's a guy that has hit at every stage of his career for power. He had 25 home runs in 2021. He had 24 home runs in 2022. And then this year in AAA in just 38 games had 13 home runs. The biggest change that he made, though, we knew he had the power. um, But the biggest adjustment for him has been squashing that strikeout rate. His strikeout rate, you know, for most of his career was 28 to 30 percent, which can be manageable. But it helps so much more from a fantasy perspective if you're not striking out as much, leads to a higher average, more balls in play, more opportunities to hit home runs and, and make things ha- happen. Um, and so a big reason for that, Arum, uh, Arum Layton tweeted out, he had a nearly 400-point OPS bump against breaking balls in AAA this year. So that is huge right that's something that we see a lot some guys are just dead fastball hitters and they can't make that adjustment to the mlb breaking ball and that's what vientos has done this year he's clearly made some adjustment where he's seeing breaking balls um and his first home run he had a home run in his first game uh his first home run was off of a breaking ball as well so that's justice right there he had a uh, a max exit velocity, uh, exit velocity last year of 112 as well so the power is real he's only 16 percent owned um I think he's an ad if it makes sense for your team, if you need some added power. Yeah. Speaking of ads, how about so rare? Have you added anybody to your so rare team in the past couple of days? No. Well, so the competition's ending today. So let me pull up my my team here. Um, so right now, I am in, if you remember from last episode, um, my team was doing really, really well. I have Judge in the lineup this week, and he's been on a tear. I had Nolan Gorman in the lineup. He was on a tear. Um, and so right now, I'm in 695th out of 26,000 people, Clay. So that means that means that I'll earn a Tier 2 reward, which means it's a free card that they give you as a reward for playing in these competitions. Um and so that'll be a really, really good card. And the more cards you collect allows you to play in more competitions. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And then the next competition will be starting tomorrow, um, which is for, or today. If you're listening to this on Friday, it starts um, on Friday. So the, the way the cadence of it is that there's two competitions each week. There's one that goes from Monday through Thursday and then one from Friday through Sunday. So it allows you not just to be one game, but like, have a little bit of a sample size to this. So for anybody that's not aware, So Rare is a fantasy baseball game um, that is done with NFTs, right? So you collect these digital cards that are then allowed to be played in fantasy competitions. Um, and then there's a whole market to it as well. So you can go on and you know buy cards that you want, sell cards if you know maybe you buy low and sell high, but you know you can win a lot of rewards as you go um, in these competitions. So definitely check it out. Just Baseball is starting our own league as well. Um, and so that will be going live. It's already live, but we will be starting competitions in the Just Baseball League May 29th. So make sure to to draft your team on So Rare, start playing, start building that team so you can play along with us um, just here in, in another week or so. Talking about a lot of lefty pitchers today, and there's one more that we want to talk, talk about from the Cardinals. 
Yeah, actually, Clay, I did want to, before we get into to Liberator, um, that's definitely something I want to talk about. I did want to touch quickly on Gunnar Henderson um, while we're talking like Brett Beatty and, and rookies. We haven't touched on him, I think, since the beginning of the season, really. Um, and he's somewhat struggled, like somewhat struggled to begin the season. The average has been abysmal. He's hitting just 195, but he's almost going through his own little Tristan Casas moment where He's hitting 195, but he has a 345 on base percentage. Um, the power hasn't really kicked in yet for him, but I have a feeling it will. He just put together his first multi-hit game um, in almost three weeks, and he has hits in five straight. He's being a little bit more aggressive at the plate, and his hard hit rate is over 50% um, in his last 50 plate appearances. So, you know, if you're a Gunnar Henderson owner and you're kind of getting a little you know, antsy, right? Only four home runs in the year. He does have 23 runs, but just eight RBIs and hitting 195. It's like, this is the time, this is the point in time where you start questioning, like, is this a guy that I'm going to drop here soon? And I would say, no, I would say definitely hold on because things are going to improve for Gunnar Henderson um, down the stretcher. He's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the ball in the air. He's walking a ton if you're in an on-base percentage league, but even in leagues that don't value on-base percentage, I have a feeling that the average is starting is going to start creeping up. You know, he's not going to hit 300, but I would imagine that he would start hitting closer to 240 with with better uh, run production. So I just want to touch quickly on that because I'm sure there's owners out there that are, are a little nervous about, about Gunnar. Yeah, I, I would not drop him either. I would hold and just see how it goes. I think that they're going to give him plenty of leash to play. I don't see him being replaced. And I believe R Ramon Urias is on the IL right now. So it's not like, you know, there there's one less bat that I think that they're going to try to re replace him with. Yeah, yeah. I saw Joey Ortiz is in the lineup as well today. So that's that's good to see. Um, get Adam Frazier out of there, even though he's been playing someone all right every time i watch an orioles game adam frazier homers i don't know what it is he's like, been good that guy i he's just not he's not good though he's not good i'm sorry yeah. Adam. all right let's talk about libby yeah matthew libertor made his debut last night against the brewers who also do not hit left-handed pitching that well um so do with that information what you will but libertor pitched really well clay um Let's pull up the line here. I don't have that up. I have a bunch of other stats. Yeah, five, five innings of three hit ball, three walks, and six strikeouts. Um, the one thing I did notice, and, you know, it's still so, you know, it's relatively new with the stuff plus and location plus and, and numbers like that. And even Eno Saris, who created the model, says they are working on some tweaks with it. So, you know, take with it what you will, but a 91 stuff plus overall, 79 on the fastball, 102 on the curveball, 102 on the sinker, and 122 on the slider. That curveball, though, man, it, it was awesome. I saw, um, I, th I, I don't remember who he struck out on the curveball, but that shit was looping, man. It was great. Yeah, I mean I, the profile here is interesting, Clay. You under the surface, um, I you you bring up the stuff plus is interesting because the stuff plus on the fastball I think was only seventy eight last night. Yeah. Um. But, yep. So, but the stuff plus yeah. model on Fangraphs is a little interesting. Uh, there was a big thread with Eno saying that they're making adjustments. He doesn't know how much that's going to change it. But Christian Javier's fastball, for example, one that we consider a very good fastball and performs very well, only has a ninety three stuff plus on Fangraphs. So. You know, maybe that's not everything, um, 
And what I did notice is that one, Matthew Libertor got 35% whiffs on his fastball last night. He threw 48 of them. So that's a big deal. He averaged 95 miles an hour, which is way up from last year. Um, the other thing I did notice, though, is that he threw 41 out of 48 fastballs on the upper half of the zone. And a lot of those were, you know, on the upper black right? So if he's painting the top of that zone with the fastball, mixing with that curveball, it pairs really well, tunnels really well. Um, and then he got a 31% whiff rate on the curveball, but also seven called strikes. And I have a feeling that that, that curveball is going to be a called strike machine, like just pound that in first strike and, and you're going to get away with that all day long. Nobody wants to roll that over on their first pitch. Now, there was some rumor that they may send him right back down and that this, and I have not read anything more about it today. This is more of yesterday that this may have just been a spot start because of, I think it was like 18 days in a row they play and they wanted to give Adam Wainwright an extra day of rest and, you know, kind of space everybody out a little bit. So if he does get sent back down immediately, first off, what do you think? Or first off, do you drop or hold him? Second off, what are your just overall thoughts about that? I would be, if they do send them back down, I would be so incredibly shocked if they don't bring them back up shortly here because he arguably could be their best pitcher on their in their on their roster right now. Um, him and Jordan Montgomery are their two best pitchers. Jack Flaherty's throwing 88 miles an hour. I know he pitched well in his last time out. He had nine strikeouts over six innings. I don't care. Like that's going to happen. But this is a team that has, from their starters in 44 games, a 5.04 ERA and a, a 4.79 FIP. They desperately need a, a pitcher like Libertor that they can count on to go strike batters out because none of their none of their arms strike anybody out. That's a huge problem, right? One of the lowest strikeout rates from their starters among all teams in the league. Um And Libertor's looked like a different pitcher this year. If you asked me about Libertor last year, I would have said, well, I'm... I'm definitely having concerns um but he's striking out you know in the minor leagues 30 percent of batters the walk rate is manageable at 9.2 percent and he had a 3.13 era to start the year this is a different arm than we saw last year um and i would expect that they keep him up here because they need to win baseball games this is a team yeah. that should value winning baseball games matthew libertor helps your team win baseball games that's pretty simple right i agree so, I mean, yeah, if, if he does get sent, I would just monitor news. Um, but why not take a flyer on Libertor and just see where it goes? Because the minor league numbers have been good and he came up and and pitched, you know, pretty strong. Um, is this a, is this a pitcher that's going to, you know, have an ERA under three? No, but I think he can be very serviceable um, and, and hopefully go deep into games. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Why not take a flyer on a guy like this, especially with how decimated the pitching market has gotten over the last week? It seems like every single pitcher is hurt or imploding. Like it's been a disaster this year that you probably have a roster spot for a guy like Matthew Libertor. Got anything else? I think that's almost it, right? That's it. I'm trying to think if I have anything else, but um, actually... We're recording during Yuri Perez's start, so I want to go check in on that real quick. Live yeah, I uh, watched the first couple of innings. I think he had like five strikeouts through three innings or something around there. Um, playing against the Nationals, so an opportunity for him to do well. I don't, I don't know how it was after the third inning. 
He gave up a solo home run, but four innings, five strikeouts, one walk, three hits against. Um, let's go to the breakdown, though. I do want to see like if he's getting whiffs and stuff. Um, so no whiffs on the fastball so far, but plenty of whiffs on the slider and curveball, and he's thrown the changeup more today. He didn't throw the changeup. I change believe up all of the strikeouts came on a breaking ball. Okay, yeah. I mean, that, that curveball is pretty yeah. dang nasty, but... I will dive in more on the the Siri Perez start because he didn't showcase the changeup last time out, and that's one of his best pitches as well. So um, he does have 11 called strikes, though, on the fastball. So that's just paint. Wow. He's, he's here, and he's legit and fun to talk about. But anyways, that's just fantasy baseball. Uh, Clay and I will be back on Sunday for our usual waiver wire and, and streamers episode for next week. Um, but yeah, follow along with us and, um, we'll be back soon. Thank you guys for listening. Adios. Adios.